I'm Jamie from Stonemaier Games, and I'm excited to be here today on launch day for quite a few new products at Stonemaier Games. We'll be talking about those products today, including Apiary, our new game from debut designer Connie Vogelman. We have the Wingspan Fan Art Pack right here. And we have our new disc, the drone disc. You can see this is my, my friend Zach's signature disc, and I had Zach sign it. So this is available on our web store now too. And then last, we have three new promo realms for Rolling Realms. We have Honor Rim, Sleeping Gods, and Gugong Realms, all available on our web store right now. You can see a link in the description to the newsletter. I'll be going through the newsletter today and talking through it, answering your questions, but also just pointing out some details. I do want to say up front, Oh, I see Chad, Garrett, Jody here. Um, some, some common questions that we've gotten today. Uh, these are common questions for launch day. Number one, uh, people in Europe are asking why their prices appear higher than the prices in the US. The reason for that is that in, in, in Europe, for online, score, uh, online stores, you're legally required to list uh, VAT, the essentially sales tax, upfront as part of the listed pr products. You can't wait till checkout to reveal sales tax sales tax in Europe. That's why the price appears higher. You're seeing the tax included in the listed price as is legally required. We also pay tax here in the US, um, but we pay sales tax at checkout instead of uh, as part of the listed price. So that's why your prices appear higher. They aren't actually higher. The other question that we have is that there's a little, um, I guess I'll call it a glitch on the US store where sometimes you might see the words free shipping even though there is a shipping cost listed. The cost is correct. There should be a cost for shipping unless your order is over, I think it's $125. If it's over that, then you get free shipping in the US or around the world, anywhere in the world. But in, in the US, we have this little glitch where it's still, even if it's below that, it says free shipping, even though shipping is not free. You have to pay for shipping. Um, so if you see on your order at checkout where it says free shipping and then it also lists a cost, a shipping cost, the cost is correct. It's not correct that the shipping should be free. We're working on both of these um, things to make our web store more clear. It's typical things that we're, we're used to. And I'm sorry for the confusion if that causes you any confusion. We want you to have a good ex order experience when you order from our web store. Eric's asking about um, a t-shirt size. He says, what size would you recommend uh, if you run between small and medium? I'd go for a small for this shirt. So we do have this kind of a secret thing that, that uh, Eric is making public here, that we have a new champion t-shirt that's available on our web store. And um, I think the shirt runs a little big. And so I'd go for the smaller size. Eric, if you look at me, my frame, I, I wear either small or medium shirts, but I tend towards, for Stillmeyer shirts, I tend towards the smaller shirts. I think this one right now that I'm wearing is a medium. And as you can see, it's a, it's a little baggy. Uh, Steve says, is Apiary available now? Yeah, Steve, Apiary is available on our web store right now. You might have to refresh it, maybe try a different browser if it isn't appearing, but yeah, all these new products, Apiary, the Wingspan Fan Art Pack, the new disc and the new realms are available on our web stores um, as of right now, yeah. Uh, Julie says that she placed her order and noticed that there is now a local pickup at Miniature Market. Yeah, we use, in the US, we use Miniature Market for fulfillment and warehousing. And we've been working with them because Miniature Market, one of the nice perks of being in St. Louis with Miniature Market is that if you order from them, you can pick up from them locally. And we've been trying to figure out how to integrate our system with theirs so that you can order a Stillmeyer Games product from the Stillmeyer Games web store and get local pickup. Um, so I think we figured it out. Um, Joe has been working really hard to make that happen. 
and uh, with a with a miniature market team and our web developer with Dave, and it it looks like it is uh, working now. So, Julie, you'll have to let me know how that works out if you give it a try. I'm scrolling through looking for a few questions if there are any right now, and then I'm going to look over at my other screen to go through today's newsletter where we have a ton of news. Um, okay, Jody points out that the free shipping glitch. Uh, the, the wording is what's incorrect. The price, the shipping cost that you see is correct. Um, Jody says that it appears on the Canada store too. So it must not just be the U.S. store. It's just a Shopify thing that we're working on. Uh, Craig says, will the plastic mechs for expeditions come back into stock? Can't believe they're sold out already. Uh, they will, Craig, especially if you request a back in stock notification. So for a la carte products like that, we have to ship them from our U.S. warehouse to different warehouses around the world. And so it sounds like we need to restock them. If you enter a back-in-stock request, uh, we'll, we'll see it, and then we'll know that we need to ship some more to, to Europe. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Luke says he has a bad connection here. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a little bad connection here on the, on the screen as well, the filming. Um, but hopefully it's not too bad where you are, or at least you can listen. I don't have many visuals today, although I do have our new products to show off to you today. So let's go through the e-newsletter. So first, obviously, we have Apiary. Apiary is our new worker placement game. It's been a while since, we ha since we've had a worker placement game. I said maybe since Pendulum. Um, I guess Expeditions does have worker placement elements, but this is more of a classic worker placement game with workers that level up the longer that they remain in the game. Um, so they get stronger and stronger. It's designed by debut designer Connie Volgeman, who has been amazing to work with, one of the best designers I've ever worked with, and artist Quanchai Maria, and sculptor Harry Berto Martinez brought the bee miniatures to life in this game. Um, yeah, I've been loving it. I, I, I know I, lo I love all of our products. I'm the most biased person to say that. But I've taught Apiary five times now over the last three weeks, taught and played it to big groups of people. And we have, we have flowed through the game so well. Uh, I, I use a teaching method where I just explain a few core concepts in about a minute, and then we just jump in and start taking turns. And I show players the types of turns that will benefit them early in the game. There are some actions that aren't as relevant on the first turn of the game, for example. And players just get into it right away. It's, it's pretty amazing to see how quickly people catch on to the different actions in Apiary. Um, especially given the depth and complexity of the game, so I'm, I'm loving it. I'm having like it's a it's a sign to me. I think when uh, a game really resonates with me, when it is a joy to teach, when it isn't a burden to teach, but rather a joy to teach and to keep playing and to explore deeper and deeper into the game. So I am loving Apiary. Now I haven't our second product, the Wingspan Fan Art Pack. I haven't actually played a game of Wingspan with these cards yet. Uh, this is the pack that I've been showing off to you in the Wingspan Facebook group. But these are 255 birds that already exist in Wingspan, in the core game and the original three expansions. But the art in here, instead of being completed by Natalia and Anna, the art here is done by artists around the world who shared their art with us to use for this pack. Um, the variety, the sheer variety of art in this pack is incredible. Like it's all different mediums and styles and uh, I would say experience levels. People of all ages are submitted art to this pack. And it is incredibly charming. I really, now that I, I have it, I've showed it off enough. Um, I'm, I'm ready to get these cards dirty and to, to play a game with Wingspan to have the wide variety of birds in this pack available on the tabletop. I'm going to glance over to see any other questions here before I keep going about the other things in the e-newsletter. 
Uh, Kevin asked, is the upcoming Wingspan fan, park, fan pack all redundant cards with just new bird illustrations only? Yeah, it's it's redundant. Yeah, we wouldn't, uh, a bunch of people have asked about this, but there's no way that we'd release new mechanisms in a pack that is so, um, uh, I, I want to say it's, 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 different it's inconsistent with the standard art of wingspan that's the charm of it but we would not ex include new mechanisms here so all the birds that are found in here are uh are birds that are already in wingspan and the first three expansions i did the math the other day on the total number of birds let's see in wingspan total we've released 446 total unique birds there are 255 birds in the wingspan fan art pack Valerie says, is there a special edition for apiary? There's just one edition for apiary, Valerie. Good question. We try to make, we generally for our games, we try to make them just one version of the game and make that version of the game feel like a deluxe game, even though it is the standard retail edition. Um, so for apiary, there's just one version of the game. And uh, I think it feels deluxe out of the box. And uh, yeah, that includes, you know, a custom insert, wooden resources, a bunch of wooden resources. Everything that you'd like normally see included via stretch goals on a crowdfunding project, it's already in the box. It has hundreds of tiles, 20 factions, five hive mats. Yeah, everything is included in Apiary in just one version of the game. Uh, Michelle has a nice comment about uh, the, she saw some of the playthroughs and reviews for Apiary the other day. If you check out the review section of our website, you can see all of these. Michelle says, I was hesitant about Apiary until watching a solo play and was sold and happily looking forward to it now and made my order always a fan of your work. Thank you, Michelle. And yeah, we, I, I should say that I don't expect anyone, even a, even people who consider them, themselves big Wingspan or big uh, Stillmeyer fans, um, I don't expect you to buy everything that we make. Uh, we, I, I put a lot of time and passion and love into everything that we make, but I want you to get the things that are relevant to you and that you're excited about. So uh, I hope you'll try Apiary. I, I am loving Apiary, but it may not be for you. Uh, just like the Wingspan fan art pack. I'm so excited to play with this. It also may not be for you, but that's okay. Uh, I, I appreciate you doing your research and looking into those reviews. That's why we put them out there. We want unbiased third-party reviews so you can decide if our products are a good fit for you. Zach says, can I order a Stonemeyer shirt like this? I don't know what else to add to my cart for free shipping since now I have pretty much everything. Zach, we do have some shirts on our web store. You can search for the word shirt to see what we have in stock there. Um, these are ambassador shirts, typically worn by Stillmeyer ambassadors, but any shirt that we have, any product that we have, is just publicly listed on our web store for anyone to buy if they want to. Uh, I don't know if all sizes of this particular shirt are in stock, but you're welcome to check to see if your size is in stock. Austin says, do you have a process for networking with designers and artists if a game calls for a certain art style? Um, networking with designers and artists, I would say most of my networking is done online through formats like this, through my YouTube channel, people who chime in in the comments there and on, um, on the Stillmeyer Games website, on the articles I write there, people chime in in the comments there and we, we talk about things. I also, I mean, I follow a lot of board game related content and sometimes I chime in on the content, on the comment, in the comments of other channels and, and blogs and things like that. Um, so that would probably be the way that I network. And I don't, I'm not sure I understand the second question, Austin, Austin. Uh, if a game calls for a certain art style. So maybe you're asking like, how do I pick artists for our games? If that's the question, I um, 
I, I do a couple different things, but I, I, as I'm working on a game, whether I'm designing or developing it, I'm kind of always thinking about what the right visual for the game will be. And sometimes I think about that in the context of artists that have already created games or already worked on games. So I'll look out, I might reach out to artists of, of uh, games that I already have on my shelf or on BoardGameGeek. Um, also, sometimes I'm, I discover artists just on the internet, just, uh, just scrolling through different pages on Instagram. Instagram is a big asset for that now. I used to use ArtStation a little bit more for that. Um, I have some articles about this on our website. But yeah, I discover artists in a bunch of different ways. And I compile artists that I'm really excited to work with on a post that you can find on the Stonemaier Games blog called uh, 200 Plus Artists and Graphic Designers Whose Work I Admire. I think it's a phrasing, something like that. If you look for the phrase 200 Plus, I think you'll see that. That, uh, that page on our website. Um, let's see, I'm just scrolling through looking for other questions here. Oh, congratulations, Corey, to your new baby, baby girl. Zach says, are there any royalties paid out relating to, relating to the Wingspan fan art pack? Are there plans to do future art packs for Wingspan? So Zach, uh, our so here's the, the way that we approach this is, we commissioned work for Wingspan from Natalia and Anna. So we commissioned art for them. We, we paid for that art and uh, we use their art in, in Wingspan. For the Wingspan fan art pack, uh, it was more like if anyone wanted to submit art, they could, they could submit art if they wanted to and we would consider it for the pack. And we've given uh, a, a free Wingspan fan art pack to any artist whose work that we uh, accepted for the pack. And that artist continues to own their art for any other purpose. Um, they can use the art for whatever they want. We just have the rights to use it for this one card in Wingspan, in the Wingspan fan art pack. Uh, so we typically don't pay commissions to artists. The exceptions are when the artist also has built a world. So for example, Jakob Rosalski is both the world builder and the owner of the 1920 plus IP and uh, created the art for Scythe and Expedition. So we do pay, pay royalties to, to Jakob related to the IP more so than the art itself. Zach says, are there plans to do future art packs for Wingspan? Um, we are, uh, I hope so. It depends on how this, this fan art pack sells, but if it sells fine, if, if it does well, we will, uh, after we're done with the final three expansions for Wingspan, so the remaining three continents, should be in about five or six years from now, we might do another fan art pack covering those three expansions. That's the, the tentative plan right now, but today is launch day, so I really don't know. I'm hoping it sells well, especially since we've donated $25,000, $1 for every copy of the Wingspan fan art pack that we made. We donated uh, $25,000 earlier this week to five different bird-related charities. Similarly, for Apiary, we donated a little bit over $8,000, that was $1 for every pre-launch sign-up, to three bee-related charities. Um, did that on, on Monday as well. Tim says, have I watched Ahsoka yet? Uh, we're going to watch it at dinner tonight, Tim, or maybe lunch today. We'll see how we're feeling. Um, but no, I haven't watched it yet, the final episode. Uh, Corey says, you teased in your recent Apiary video that, you that you're testing a prototype of another game for early 2024. Um, yeah, we're all always playtesting uh, games for the future. Usually we, we planned out for around three years and even a game that might not be releasing for th until like three years from now, it might already be in playtesting right now. 
you can keep track of the progress of our games on the progress chart on our on our e-newsletter and on our web store our website the the news page of our website where we show code names of our games but i don't reveal what those code names mean uh, let's see just uh tom says i saw that one can now pick up their order themselves from st louis is that an option that you will make available in the uk as well from spiral galaxy Maybe I don't. I, I don't know if if Spiral Galaxy offers local pickup, but we can certainly look into that. I'll make a note about that, Tom. Um, because we do. I mean, it took a lot of uh, connections to make that happen, like connecting our software with the the fulfillment center software. Um, it was a, a pretty big effort for them to make that happen. But I agree. For those who are maybe local to Spiral Galaxy, um, that would certainly be a nice option to consider. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me continue to scroll down real quick. The other uh, products that we mentioned today. So I talked about Wingspan and a Wingspan fan art pack and Apiary. The other two products I briefly mentioned earlier are the three new promo packs for Rolling Realms, Sleeping Gods, Honor Rim, and Gugong. They're inspired by these games, um, given the blessing of these publishers. And uh, I, I should mention here that I previously said that we were hoping to have Obviously, the Apiary Promo Realm and reprints of the Parks and Biddy and Walter Realms. I was really hoping to have them this month, especially given what happened to, to Biddy, uh, us having to say goodbye to Biddy back in, in September. But uh, they're arriving on a later shipment. So we will we, we'll wait two months before we actually uh, release those products because we typically do Rolling Realms releases every two months. So sorry about that, that, uh, that confusion, if that would cause, cause any confusion. Peter says, do you have, he says, I just got into two player games that he can play with his girlfriend and we played Patchwork and Ticket to Ride and are having a blast. Do you have any favorite two player games that are pretty easy to get into? I do, Peter. Um, I'll mention a few off the cuff, but I would recommend checking out my YouTube channel and searching for two player because I have lists for games that are often played at higher player counts that also scale down the two players really well. And I also have two player specific lists. I have a little two-player section on my, my shelf over here that I'll look at. So I, I love Seven Wonders Duel. I love the little pocket game called Hierarchy. Um, Star Wars deck building game, two-player dueling game, awesome game. I, I've been loving that. Uh, Land, Air, and Sea. Boop, if you're in the mood for something a little bit lighter. And what else do I have over there? Um, I also actually put Parks in this category. Parks would be a game to come, that comes to mind that... I don't love at higher player counts, but at lower player counts, like two and three, I think Parks really shines. So that's a that's one that can scale to those various player counts. And of course, all Stillmire games are designed to, to really thrive at two players, but also sc scale up to higher player counts. If you're looking for the one Stillmire game, actually there are two Stillmire games now that only play, or primarily play at two players. One of them, you can see on my wall here, a little game called Smitten. That's a, a two player cooperative game also plays solo and we also have wingspan asia which in addition to being an expansion for wingspan is designed to be a two-player game uh, out of the box so you could just get wingspan asia and play it with one other player um, just out of the box yeah david says as i look at the huge number of new games coming out and deciding what to buy i wonder whether each game is something new or unique or is just another fill-in-the-blank game with a different theme or slight adjustment to the mechanisms what recent games do you think are really something new or unique? A couple that come to mind for me are The Crew and Cat in the Box. 
I agree that the Cat in the Box and Crew are, are really special games. I put Apiary in this category, obviously. Obviously, I'm also biased here. And this is a game with worker placement, a mechanism that we've seen before. It's a game with little mini games. We've seen that before. But I think Apiary, um, I think sometimes there are games that use things that have been done in the, in the past that are still really, really special. Let me see if there are any 20, I'll look through my 2023 favorites list to see if anything jumps out as like being really, really innovative. I don't think the game needs to be super innovative to be special and fun, but um, it, it, you know, it always helps a game stand out when that is the case. Let's see what stands out here as something that is really, really unique. So Twinkle Starship is a relatively new trick-taking game that I think does something really, really clever with trick-taking where you can manipulate the numbers. You can actually change the numbers on the cards that you play. Um, Turing Machine, that was fairly unique, very different game. Um, Challengers, I think Challengers is a pretty unique game. I, I don't think we've seen something all that close to Challengers in the board game space in the past. Uh, yeah, those are a few that stand out as being releases this year that, uh, or, or fairly recent releases that uh, that have something strongly unique about them. Just a few examples there. Uh, Greg has a, a good comment here, but it's something for me to mention out loud. So Greg says he placed his order, but he forgot to add a shirt to that order. Um, if you do ever place an order don't cancel it. Please don't cancel the order. If you ever place the order and you need to modify it, don't cancel it. Just email uh, contact at stolmeyer.com with the order number and let us know what you need to add or subtract from that order. Please do it as soon as possible after you place the order and Joe will get back to you. Joe's going to be very busy with emails today, but he will get back to you probably by the end of the day, maybe early tomorrow um, to modify your order. And he can easily do that. So um, don't cancel the order and don't place a second order that duplicates all the stuff in the first order, but changes it just a little bit. Rather just email Joe at contact at stillmeyer.com with the modifications to, that you want to make to the existing order. And we can easily do that. Um, yeah, that's, that's the method if you need to correct anything. Eric says, can you tell me more about the risky rewards rolling realm? Yeah, I have that pack right in front of me here. So this is a slightly different type of promo pack for Rolling Realms, as we, we call it a mini expansion here rather than a promo pack, because uh, in this pack, it gives you, gives all players really, um, an option to use a little reward once per round. So I'll give an example here. So for example, once per round, if you have uh, this card, so if you have this card and play the same realm card, it says use both numbers in the same realm. Uh, so that's something that pumpkins normally do, but it's a little reward that you can use once per round in the round that that uh, that that reward shows up to give you a little boost. And if you decide not to use it, then you get some extra stars. You get 0.3 stars at the end of the round. So it's just a little thing. Sorry, I went out of, out of focus here. Let's see if I can get it back. Um, but it's just a little little tweak, a little extra bonus. I think I made it worse. I made it worse now. All right, camera. Um, but yeah, it's just a little extra bonus to uh, to your round in Rolling Realms. Uh, it is not a new realm. It is a new bonus that you get to take uh, with all other players. Sorry, I'm going to try to get the, the... Let's see if the camera can start following me again. Sorry about that. All right, I'll just be out of focus for a minute until the camera figures it out. 
Um, Dale says, can you talk about how AI is being used or impacting your company and the industry in general? Maybe from an art generation and even ideation standpoint. So yeah, uh, here's our AI policy at Stomire Games. We do not, have not, and will not use any form of AI to replace or augment creative work. The only connection of AI to Stomire Games is in digital versions of our games where you can play against the computer versus uh, instead of just playing against human opponents. Um, yeah, that's our, that's our stance on AI. As I say, completely out of focus, probably looking like an AI-generated person right now. Uh, so Steve actually has a similar question to Greg's. Is it possible to add to the order that, that he recently placed? Yes. Yeah. So if you recently placed an order, <laughs> this focus is really going to bug me. Um, if you recently placed an order and you realize that you need to change it or modify it, don't place a new order. Just email contact at stillmeyer.com with your order number and we will replace it. Let me hold some stuff up to the camera to see if it'll focus on that stuff. So here is our new disc golf disc. Uh, the drone. Come on, camera. You can do this. How do you get cameras to refocus? I have a really good webcam, um, but uh, but it, it, it's struggling right now. We'll just go with it, and you can't see me for a few minutes. Uh, let's see. Uh, Corey says, do you go to conventions? If so, how many per year? I go to two conventions per year. I don't go to many. Still, my games goes to more conventions, but I don't, I don't go to many. I go to a convention called Geekway to the West in the spring here in St. Louis, and I help... I participate in a convention, a little mini convention run by Stomeyer Games called the Stomeyer Games Design Day, which is coming up in just two weeks. It is too late to sign up for now, but uh, but it is one that I attend and that I'm excited about. Dave asked, do I like going to conventions? We never see you in Essen. Um, so the type of convention that I like to go to is one where I just get to play games for a couple days. And... I think I feel a little guilty traveling to do that because playing games is something that I can do here in St. Louis. Um, and uh, so I don't often, I, I don't get excited about being in a big crowd of people at a big exhibition, uh, which is what some conventions are. But playing games for a few days, I love that. That's why I love Geekway to the West. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's the type of convention I, I prefer. Chad says, you have said that Euphoria was harder to teach and onboard players. Have you ever considered making a second edition where you adjust the game to make it more approachable? Um, Euphoria is pretty hard to teach. It is not that complex of a game, but it just looks a little daunting, and it is a little daunting to figure out all the interconnected systems. I don't think... I, no, I don't really have interest in, in revisiting um, Euphoria and redesigning it. I, partially because I'm really happy with the way Euphoria plays uh, once you know how to play it. Yeah. Josh says, have you played Final Girl? I have not played Final Girl, Josh. Brian says, uh, any specific games that I'm looking forward to trying from Essen? Uh, you know, it's usually, I, I usually catch on to the Essen buzz during or after Essen. So nothing big is on my radar. I like, I, I'm excited about some games that I already have, like Scoventeer. I just played that the other day. I'm excited about the Lost Ruins of Arnak expansion, but I already have that. I'm excited about the, uh, the Ark Nova expansion. I have that on pre-order. Really excited to play that. And I'm excited about uh, Last Light. I had that on pre-order as well. I, I don't know if these are all Essen releases. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything specific in mind. Sorry for anyone showing up on the later end and seeing a very fuzzy Jamie. I cannot get my camera to focus. Um, unfortunately, so. Yeah, I just, just stuck like this. I am really sorry. 
not that you need to see me, but it, it is weird. It, 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 I, I am feeling like my eyesight is going because I can't see me. There we go. Okay, finally. Okay, that's such a relief. <laughs> um, Ron says, so yeah, Ron mentioned something that I'm glad Ron mentioned. He said he got a copy of Expeditions for his birthday. Happy birthday, Ron, and that he's really loving it. Uh, I'm glad that Ron mentioned it because the U.S. release for Expeditions was on Friday. So you should be getting, if you pre-ordered your copy from a retailer, from your preferred retailer, you should have either been able to get it or have gotten a notification from your store, or maybe it's on the way to you uh, soon if you ordered from an online store. Nancy James said, have you played Tuned yet? It's a two-player game. I have not played Tuned, but I'll have to check that out. Chet says, you, you have mentioned that you had a hard time finding a good token and color, good shape and color to represent wax in Apiary, one of the advanced, the higher level resources. I know you're very environmentally conscious. Is this why you didn't consider clear plastic tokens to represent wax? Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely wanted to go with all wooden tokens given that our, our wood now in all of our games is FSC certified. Uh, I didn't consider a clear token, honestly. I didn't, I didn't think about that. I guess maybe we could have found a more waxy substance to use, uh, but uh, I also wanted to use metallic paint if we could, because I mean, the metallic paint is a clear delineator between the basic resources, which don't have metallic paint, and honey and wax, which do have the metallic paint. I'll just scroll through, look for a few questions here. Ben says, in Apiary, can you go into the design decision to have fewer dance tiles than the number of players? It seems like it would feel bad being able, to, feel bad being one of the players not to be able to teach the dance. Ben, uh, I don't know if it necessarily feels bad uh, now that I've played Apiary a lot. You have a chance to teach a dance. I mean, it, you, you have your chance. It, it's, a, it's a point of tension, basically, in the game. Uh, that, or part of it is a point of tension that you... If you really want to teach a dance, you got to do it. You can't wait uh, until uh, to be the last player to do it. Um, just like any tile in Apiary, if you want to be the first to discover a planet, the first to uh, gain a carving tile, or the first to gain a certain tile, you have to do it. There's tension there if you want that tile or not. But you're right, dance tiles are a little bit different in that in a four plus player game, four to five player game, there's only three of them. In a one to three player game, there's only two of them. I think the main decision, and maybe I'll have to check in with Connie to, to have her refresh my memory, but the main point of this decision, um, beyond just adding a little bit of, of tension or race to, to, to create a dance, is that too many dances um, kind of skew the, uh, the, avail the conversion availability. Conversion in apiary is how you convert some resources to usually better resources or better things. And so having too many options skews the values of all of those different things. So that's why I think Connie wanted it limited to two or three things. I would say Apiary is not a game where you feel bad, though. Apiary is a game that gives you things generously throughout the game and where many of the different interactions of the game are very positive. Players are bumping you, so you're getting your workers back. Player, you're placing on places where workers are already there and adding to the strength of what you're doing. Um, there's positive player interaction built into many of the seed cards. There's just positive good feelings in abundance in the game. So you're right, there's the chance that you were hoping to make a dance and just didn't get to in time and all the other players did so. That might be a very small feel bad moment amongst many other feel good moments that I think you'll experience in Apiary. Uh, let's see, okay. 
Uh, Sims is a little spinoff from Dale's question earlier. Are there any games that you've been that you've played recently that you've been impressed with the design decision from both the design perspective and a publisher perspective? I recently played Carnegie. Here, this is Sam. Still, I played Carnegie again recently, and the design decision around how meeples and wooden discs are used has been so inspiring. Sam, yeah, that's a great uh, question. I did have a game recently. What was the game? I think I can think of two examples. One off the top of my head is First in Flight has a really clever decision, but there was one other one I played. I feel like I talked about it recently. What was that one? Um, I guess maybe I'll go with First in Flight because that's the one that's coming to mind. But First in Flight does something. Yeah, I think it will have to be that one. Actually, no, the other one was Lacuna. Okay, I found it. Lacuna is a game that impressed me from a publishing perspective because it's a game that comes in a tube. And part of the reason for that is that to set up the game, you have to shake, you have to scatter tokens across the board. And so rather than pulling them from a bag, for example, and scattering them across the board randomly, it comes in a tube with a little hole in it. Um, and to set up the game, you just shake. It also has a top, so things don't fall out when you're not using this. But you take the top off, and the tube has a little hole, and you shake the tokens out of the hole onto the playing surface. I thought that, that was really clever. The other thing I thought of is First in Flight, a new deck-building game that I, I really enjoyed the first play of. It has a little card in the game that can be used as a reminder that uh, that you need to do something. Uh, basically, the... The, the front side of the card is called the glide card. It's used during when you're trying to fly in this game. But the back side is a reminder to you that whenever you try to attempt a flight, you need to pull back certain cards from your garage and put them in your deck. So they use the back side of this card as a really good reminder. Also having the back side be different helps you remember that this card, the glide card, is not to be shuffled into your deck. I think that game uses card sizes really well to show you which cards go into the deck and which cards don't go into the deck. Uh, Carl says he's having his Wings Day night. He's hosting. He's hoping to get 20 Wingspan players tonight. That's That'll be a big night, Carl, if you pull that off. Thank you for hosting that, that type of Wingspan-focused night. Carol says, any games lined up for game night tonight? Yeah, tonight is my virtual game night. I don't actually have anything in particular to play on virtual game night tonight. So whatever people in the, are in the mood for. Also, this is a good reminder here. I'll answer a few more questions, then I'll go back to the e-newsletter, because there are a few other little news items here that I might mention briefly um, matt says the disc is an anova skeeter uh that is right yeah it's a skeeter uh we'll call it a drone but the anova version is a skeeter and he says there's also a disc craft drone disc so i wanted to double check yeah all of our discs are custom made by anova i actually threw this the other day it wasn't quite an ace run but it wasn't far off it was it was a fun forehand that that really curved to the left and uh almost crashed into into the uh into the basket I, I, my perspective was a little off. I think it was probably a few feet away, but it wasn't, it wasn't far off. Let's see. Um, uh, Chad says from the re many reviews of Apiary, it sounds like they praise how the, how many different strategies you can take. Do you have a specific strategy that you enjoy? I'm still, I'm still delving into the strategies in Apiary because there are so many different approaches to take. I think the thing that feels best to me is gaining more tiles, but the type of tiles really depends on my faction tile, my hive mat, um, if I can get some of those rare uh, carving tiles. So a lot of my strategy is, uh, is built around 
getting a bunch of tiles, filling my hive map, getting a frame or two and filling those frames too. Because those eight points that you get when you complete your, your, uh, your hive and then another eight points when you complete a frame feel really good. And generally tiles are, are a good thing to have, uh, whether regardless of the type of tile. So currently my, the, most of my strategies are built around getting lots of tiles and choosing which tiles to take heavily depends on that game and which tiles are available. The recruit tiles are all the engine building tiles, so I like to get a few of those. The development tiles are powerful one-time benefits, so I like to get some of those at the best timing to get it. Because some of them are timing specific, like they're, they're more powerful at certain times than other times. So yeah, yeah that's, that's the type of strategy I'm exploring right now in Apiary. Caleb says, what's my personal favorite player count for Apiary? Caleb, I am probably not the right person to ask for that because we really do put a ton of time and effort into making our games work at all the player counts that we list. Apiary is a one to five player game. I played it the most recently in bigger groups, so four to five players, and it's really thrived at those player counts. But I've also played it at lower player counts, and it's worked really, really well at those player counts too. I think it helps in Apiary that the board is double-sided, one side for one to three players, one side for four to five players. But the worker bumping mechanism is interesting at any player count, especially with those scaled boards with fewer action spaces um, on, on the lower player count side. Kevin says, I've seen the tokens in Honey Buzz. They are like a rubbery material. Yeah, uh, the, the, I think the honey, is it the honey? Maybe the nectar in Honey Buzz has a kind of a gummy feel. I really like that type of token. Let's see. Uh, Chris says, thoughts about trying to get Apiary into PAX Unplugged first look in December so attendees could try the game out there. We're actually going to be at PAX Unplugged, uh, Chris. And we'll have we'll have a little booth there, I believe. We were able to get a booth at the last minute. I think it'll be a shared booth with MeepleSource. Um, so yeah, you'll be able to go to our booth and try out Apiary at PAX Unplugged. Chad says, was the Queen's Favor a part of Connie's initial design? It feels like a very feel-good mechanism that Stillmark Games is known for. Yeah, there's another feel-good element, or I, I consider this kind of a generous element of the game, because one of the elements of Apiary is that you're in outer space. You have a limited space on your ship for all the resources that you're gathering. You can expand that by gaining new farms. Farms can add to your capacity. But Apiary is a very generous game in terms of the number of resources you can generate whether it's from planets or, or income, you're getting a lot of resources. And Chad, you're right. It is something that, that I suggested to Connie that there be a way that if you are overflowing with resources that you can, uh, you can do something with those resources that still feels good. I think this was something I suggested to Connie, but maybe I, I can't even remember. It might've been something she, she came up with. But the idea in Queen's Favor is when you have that overflow at the end of your turn, if you can't fit everything in your, in your ship at the end of the turn, you donate it to the queen, you give it to the queen, and the queen rewards you with Queen's Favor, which can result in quite a few points by the end of the game. It's a little track that you move up on. Maxwell says, have you, have you planned the order of the Wingspan expansions, the remaining Wingspan expansions, or is, Elizabeth, or is Elizabeth picking whichever continent inspires her next? So I do know the continent for the next Wingspan expansion. I know Elizabeth is working on that currently. I'll announce it much closer to the release, obviously, but I, I know what it is. Uh, but I don't know the order of the next two. You're right, it, that's up for, I'm, I'm fine with Elizabeth picking either the, the remaining two continents after the, um, the fifth continent to, uh, to, to see what she's in the mood to design. Valerie says, are there any plans for an extension or for Expeditions or Red Rising? She says, book six was awesome. Yeah, book six of Red Rising is spectacular. I highly recommend it. Uh, we are 
tentatively trying out some things with Red Rising. So I think there will be something else in the Red Rising tabletop universe. Um, but we're just in the early trial testing process now. For Expeditions, uh, absolutely, yeah. I, I've completed the, the design for Expeditions, and we are in the, um, the proofreading typesetting stage of that right now. Eric says, what I consider fan art packs for your other games, like Red Rising, for instance. So we, that's a good question, Eric. We did it for Wingspan because I've seen so many fans organically share, create and share their own art for Wingspan. Uh, Wingspan is also a very popular game. Um, and so it was a special game that we could do this and that we figured that there would be enough interest in actually having a product to sell as well if we were going to put in the effort to assemble this pack. Red Rising is not as successful as Wingspan. I, I wish it were, um, but it isn't. And so... I am a little more hesitant to do that with a less successful product. But you're right, it could be pretty cool to do that for, for Red Rising. Um, but we currently don't have that in the works. It is something maybe we'll consider someday to, to do fan art for another game, though. Tim says, will the promo pack for Libertalia include any space bees? Uh, I have mentioned that we're working on a little thing for Libertalia, a little promo, but I haven't, um, I haven't said exactly what it is yet. So, Tim, I... I won't give anything away there yet. Darius says, do I ever play uh, print and play games? If so, what do you find attractive in a print and play game? If not, what would make you play one? You know, so I, I'm a little embarrassed to share this because Rolling Realms had its origins as a print and play game, right? Just a free thing that I worked on publicly at the beginning of the pandemic just for fun. and ended up being a published game. Um, I have backed some print and play games, but I've never actually printed and played them. It is, it's just not something that I, I have tried to do, even though I'm sure I am leaving behind some great games that are in that print and play format. I'm just much more excited to pull a box off my shelf and play it where it has uh, components that are, that are designed for that, that, you know, that tactile nature that I, that I love in games. That said, I mean, there are many rolling right games that I play that might as well be printed play games, but there's just something different between having the official printed version and printing it on my printer. That uh, That is a different differentiating factor for me. So, Daria, what would what would I find attractive in a printed play game that I have an official, official printed version? Like, I, I think I'm just significantly more likely to play it if I have an officially printed version rather than a version that I am expected to print at home. Yeah. Even as someone with a pretty good printer, because I make a lot of prototypes for similar games on this printer. Steve says he's teaching expeditions at a convention next weekend and also playing Libertalia there. Steve, thank you so much for teaching expeditions. I, I really appreciate that. I'm going to glance back over my other screen for the other stuff in the news, newsletter that I'll mention really quick here. Um, we have a wish list feature on our web store now. So if you see stuff on our web store that you want but you aren't quite ready to buy it yet, you can add it to your wish list. Uh, we also now, just brand new, we offer local St. Louis pickup. So if you are in a St. Louis zip code, you can order pickup at Miniature Market here in St. Louis because we work with Miniature Market for warehousing and fulfillment. Uh, and then also this is fairly new. We now offer UPS ground shipping in the U.S. This wasn't an option in the past, but we do offer this option now in the U.S. Some other quick updates are, uh, so this week is a big week for a lot of people who are attending Essen Spiel. I won't personally be there, but Stillmeyer Games will have a booth that we're sharing with Inside Up Games. They're the uh, publisher of Earth. We will have a booth there. We'll have Apiary there. We'll have the Wingspan fan art pack there. And we'll have my coworkers, Dave, Susanna, and Alex will all be there in case you want to drop by to say hi. 
Um, Expeditions, now available worldwide. The retail release of the English version has happened. It was on September 22nd for most of the world. In the U.S., it was September 29th. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, September 29th, not October. Um, oh, yeah, the Stomeyer Scores app, the free scoring calculator and, and save, score saving app has now been updated with a huge update um, that adds apiary and also adds the ability to connect or to sync with BG stats. So if you enter your score for apiary in the, in the free Stomeyer Scores app, it syncs with the BG stats app that many people use to save scores for their games. We can always improve upon it, of course, so let me know your feedback if you do try to do that and the syncing isn't working as you had hoped. Those are the main updates from the e-newsletter this, this month, with the big news being Apiary and Wingspan Fan Art Pack being on our web store now, along with the new Disc Golf Disc, the drone. Let's see, Ben says, I heard you previously mention that you are looking into the new rewood that CGE is using in Kuntahora. How is that exploration going? So it's by exploring that, I mean, I mentioned it to Panda and said, Panda, can you please look into this so that we can test it out and give it a try? I haven't heard pack from Panda a, a, yet about that beyond them saying that they are going to look into it. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really curious about it. It's basically uh, it's a form of wood that is molded in such a way that it looks like a plastic miniature, but it actually is wood. It's not plastic, which I think is pretty incredible. Oh, Garrett says that he and Allie are going to be at PAXU. Uh, yeah, Garrett, uh, uh, contact, if you don't mind, contact Dave, Dave at Stomeyer.com. Uh, Dave might be looking for volunteers for, for PAX Unplugged. Although Dave will be very busy at Essen over the next few days, so he may not respond right away. Brian says, will I be at PAX Unplugged? I will not be at PAX Unplugged, no, but, uh, but my coworker Dave will be. Oh, David, uh, David, another David says that Connie, designer of Apiary, will be at PAXU, maybe even demoing some games. That's exciting. So you can get your copy of Apiary maybe signed at PAX Unplugged by Connie if she if she's uh yeah if you have your if your copy of Apiary is there. Yeah. Um let's see just scrolling through looking for comments here. Chad says, do you stay on top of the ebbs and flows of popular themes in board games? Do you see nature themed games getting more or less popular in the coming years? Uh I see, I think my general answer to this is I see unique themes being popular. So I think uh, I, if there's a nature theme game that hasn't been done yet, that has a, a theme that might stand out, I think that'll make it stand out. So I think I, that's what I'm always interested in, what I always keep an eye on. I'm not, I'm not really into like trends of themes. I don't think there really is such thing as a trend in a theme. It just happens that there are games that are being noticed a little bit more in, in one theme than, than another theme. But it's uh, it's innovative, unique themes with that theme brought to life through the art and the mechanisms that, that I'm really interested in in general. Zach says, have I been to Germany before? I have not been to Germany, no. I've been to a few different places in Europe, in Europe including France, um, England, Wales, and Ireland, but I haven't been to Germany. And Zach says, have I ever thought of using Essence Spiel as a reason to go? It's a fair question, Zach. My inclination is to travel at times where a lot of other people aren't traveling and to go to places that aren't going to be super crowded. So having a convention uh, is almost less of an excuse for me to travel someplace than more of an excuse to travel someplace. That's my personal preference. David, okay, David has a tip from Connie, his partner Connie. Connie says, 
uh, Connie likes to tell new apiary players don't sleep on the seed cards. I think that's a great tip. Unlike the tiles, they are face down at the start of the game, so they might not be as immediately inciting as, as immediately enticing, but they can be a lot of fun and might shape your early plan for the game. And I totally agree, David. The three actions that actually help walk through players at the beginning of the game, the first three actions I have them take are one, exploration. That's the main way to generate resources. Two, seed cards. Take a research and gain some seed cards or gain a seed card from the research action. Because at the very worst, you have a card that can be discarded for a basic resource. And probably you have a much better benefit than that. And if you don't like the benefit or you don't need the resource, you can hang on to the card and steer your strategy a little bit around the end game planting of that seed card if you're able to plant it later in the game. The third action I talked about with players early on is gaining tiles because it is typically, players are typically able to gain uh, recruit and farm tiles early in the game. So that's the third action. Usually the third action I, I explain after explore and research. Sorry, I missed a few questions here. Um, Kevin says, anyone else on here will be able to help me with what exactly the Wingspan Fan Art Pack is? I'm not sure if these are all... So Kevin, sorry, I've said it a few times here. I'll say again, the Wingspan Fan Art Pack is 25, uh, 255 cards that are already found in Wingspan and the first three expansions. So these are cards that are already there. The art is new though. The art is created by artists, Wingspan artists from around the world. People who love Wingspan and wanted to add their art to, wing, to the Wingspan game. 255 cards, bird cards, found, already found in, uh, in Wingspan and the first three expansions, but instead of the art being done by Natalia and Anna as normal, they're done by other artists. Yeah. Kevin, you can also see this information on our website on the accessories page. I'll post a link to that here. There you go. You can see a link there, Kevin. Trevor says, how many games typically do you, how many game releases do you typically do per year? Usually one or two, one or two new games. Um, this year we, and that's the same case for this year too. I guess... There are other releases as well. We have expansions, we have accessories, things like that, but it's usually one or two games. Maxwell says, is there a reason that you've moved away from game game trays? I think is what you're trying to say. He loved the insert from Between Two Castles. I love game trays. I love working with Noah. Um, Noah is also local here in St. Louis, but uh, Panda has gotten better and better at making inserts over the years and custom trays. And so um, I, I, I think Panda covers what... Uh, like Noah does it better. Absolutely. Noah does a fantastic job, but Noah is also very busy and it's Panda's job to help us make our games as, as, as playable as possible. So, um, I just, I, I, Panda's gotten pretty good at it. They have an insert specialist now that I, that I like to work with. Tim says, do you have a rough timing on when shipments begin in each region? So roughly what we said in the e newsletter is that I'd, I expect shipments to start in about one to two weeks and they'll continue for two to four weeks after that. The exact time depends heavily on whether you're a champion, champion orders will ship first, um, and exactly when the freight shipments arrive, because the freight shipments haven't arrived in all regions yet. I think they've arrived in Australia, but I don't think they've quite arrived in the US or Canada yet, and the latest one will be in Europe. That shipment isn't expected to arrive for another almost three weeks. Um, so that'll be the latest one. Europeans will be a little bit later on, on this one. But uh, the fulfillment centers are ready to ship out everything as soon as they get these uh, these freight shipments in. Uh, so yeah, it really depends on your region. Tim, I think, I can't recall if you are in Canada or the U.S., but uh, U.S. and Canada shipments should start in one to two weeks. 
Carlos says, by having a bigger presence than before in conventions, I think you are giving more visibility to Stonemaier Games. Thank you, Carlos. Uh, yeah, that's been one of the goals of bringing on Dave into the team, Dave, uh, Dave Dienick. Carlos says, do you see an impact on sales around Gen Con this year? That's the weird thing about conventions. Even if you're selling games, you're typically just breaking even. Um, all of our sales at Gen Con were sales to MeepleSource, and MeepleSource was then selling those products. Hopefully, it was lucrative for MeepleSource. They're a great partner. But uh, for us, I don't think it had much of a, an overall sales impact. I, I mean, the sales were good. They were good, but they pretty much just cover the cost of us being at the convention. I think that maybe the more difficult to measure element is have we created any new lifetime customers who are going to be returning to those games over and over over the years sharing them with others or or buying expansions for those games or subscribe to our or an e-newsletter and discovering more games that way so that impact is harder to measure but i think that's the typical impact like a successful convention for most publishers is that they broke even um and that's that's pretty much what happened at gen con this year Trishul says, what were the considerations while choosing wooden versus plastic markers in games such as Tapestry and Pendulum? Yeah, Trishul, I have an article about this called Wood versus Plastic. And I learned a lot through even writing this article because um, my thinking at the time, well, so my thing is that for cubes, uh, players don't really care if they're wooden or plastic. But as I learned from that article, players generally prefer wooden cubes than plastic cubes. And wooden cubes are more eco-friendly. For Pendulum... I made, I think what I, what is ultimately a kind of a, a pretty big mistake, which is I thought that the plastic meeples, for some reason, might be more appealing than wooden meeples. But I was definitely wrong about that. I think wooden, wooden meeples are just inherently more appealing. And, uh, and yeah, so uh, lesson learned from Pendulum about, uh, about the value of, of wooden meeples over plastic. Plastic is very slightly cheaper than custom wood. Maybe even a, like really custom wooden shapes, plastic is a lot cheaper but um, cheaper to make. But I'd rather have something that, that looks and feels of, of higher quality. And wood just, I think, feels good in a Euro game. Wooden cubes, wooden meeples, wooden resources. There's something about that tactile element that looks and feels better. Definitely photographs better than plastic too. Uh, Kevin says, does anyone have a, a favorite printing location for fan-made wingspan cards? I should put a caveat there, Kevin, a pretty big one, um, that for wingspan, for cards that fans of Wingspan make, that they make and design just for fun, um, we don't really encourage that they are printed because uh, obviously if you want to print a copy for yourself for fun at home and sleeve those cards, that's totally fine. But uh, please don't try to distribute or sell any Wingspan fan art cards or, or not fan art cards, or Wingspan cards that you have made from home. So finding a professional printer to, to print your cards um, I would say isn't really necessary for something that you've designed just for fun, but uh, especially since you're just printing one copy of it. Yeah. Uh, and another thought there. Oh yeah, I wanted to briefly tap into some topics. Some topics that I covered earlier in the in the live cast were about how if you are in Europe and you're ordering some of these products, these new products that we launched, you're going to see a slightly higher price. That's because VAT is in, included in the listed price. Um, whereas in the U.S. sales tax is added at checkout. That's why it appears a bit higher, even though it is the same product price as in the U.S. Um, also in the U.S., you might see the words free shipping at checkout, even though there is a cost to shipping. The cost is correct. The words free shipping are incorrect. 
for some reason, that's a glitch that we've run into with Shopify that we're trying to work our way around. But the correct thing is that there is a shipping cost. Uh, some other things, I, I wrote an article this week called Your Work Matters, and it seemed to resonate with a lot of people. It was important for me to write and share that, uh, that I believe that my work matters and that I believe your work matters too, even if it isn't changing the world in some epic, uh, world-changing way. Uh, I, I think games are important and whatever you create is important. So I wrote an article about that. I also wrote about the value of repetition in marketing and advertising last Thursday, an article about that. And my video this past week was about uh, was about AP. I believe that was my Tales from Production video, right? Yeah. So that's when I look back at some of the the design and typically production decisions that we made, component decisions that we made in Apiary. And I look back at some older components that we didn't end up using and why we didn't end up using them in Apiary. <laughs> Garrett says that Walter looks very relaxed for such a busy launch day. Yeah, here's Walter back here taking a nap on camera. He is very, very relaxed on his little mat. Trishul says, how many have the reviews, how have the reviews been in, in general for Apiary? I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't watch reviews of our games, so I just I post links to them. I share them, um, but I try to remain completely unbiased as to whether or not reviewers actually like our games, so that I can uh, remove kind of the human element from that. I guess so they can feel free to say whatever they want about our games, and so that you can get those fully unbiased opinions. My friend Paul dropped in to say happy launch day. Happy launch day to you too, Paul. Thank you. Uh, so another Paul pointed out that there is a different company that has a drone disc, um, but uh, this is an Innova disc. We use Innova for a disc, and we did name it drone. I actually didn't know about the other drone, but um, but this is this is our drone inspired by Apiary, is our new signature disc from Stomar Games and the, uh, custom created by Innova. Oh, Chad says, what's my treat of the day? What is my treat of the day? I have a little fancy coffee here. Oh, I got some Hershey's hugs the other day. I haven't had a Hershey's hugs, hug in a few years now. And so I, I got some, I picked up some from the store the other day and got that as my treat of the day. I've been enjoying them. A few other things before I tap out for lunch today. Um, the book I'm reading right now, The Will of the Many, I'm still really, really enjoying it. I'm also excited about the new Brandon Sanderson book that just dropped for Kickstarter backers called The Sunlit Man. I'm curious about that, but I definitely want to finish The Will of the Many first. I'm hooked on that. Also, we watched a bunch of movies this past weekend and enjoyed all of them on different levels. We loved Elemental. We loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. And we enjoyed watching No One Will Save You. Little... It's a different movie. It, it definitely has a neat twist on it. Like the, the hook in No One Will Save You is that there is an alien attack on a house where a woman lives and no one is there to help her except for herself. So it's kind of like Home Alone combined with Die Hard, but with aliens. Um, but there are some artsy choices that the movie takes that, that are a little, just a little out there. But I love Elemental and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Also, some games I played recently, mostly Apiary. I've mostly been teaching and playing Apiary and loving it. I also played Cryo the other day and had fun playing that with Megan, two players. Maxwell says, apparently it's National Cinnamon Roll Day. Oh, that's fun. I didn't know that. Cinnamon rolls, I would say, are fairly low down on my, my favorite desserts list. Um, they're, they're just so, uh, they're, they're good, especially like the icing. Like I want, here's what I want from a cinnamon roll. I don't want the whole roll. I want the icing part, and then I want like an inch below that. But I don't want, 
I don't want a big chunky cinnamon roll because I'm getting filled up on stuff, whereas I really just want that, that top layer with the icing and a little bit of cakiness to it. I wonder if anyone makes like thin cinnamon rolls like that. Thank you all for joining me today. This is always a fun live cast when we're, doing, when we're doing these launches where I get to share new products and answer your questions. Hopefully I got to all the questions. If I missed anything, please let me know. I'm going to put this video up on YouTube now so anyone in the future can ask questions there. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful day. Hope you pick up some fun products from the Stonemaier Games store today and we'll get them shipped to you throughout November, throughout October and a little bit into November. And Holden says, try vanilla cake cinnamon rolls. Oh, interesting. You have to try that. Um, but yeah, have a wonderful day. I will see you next Wednesday. Take care. Bye.